maybe owed some money. After 911 and 411, call 541. That's 727-541-1741. Call Gulfstream Motorsports for a diminished value report. Due to my 28 years experience in the auto salvage business, I'm very good with wrecks. So if your car's been involved in a wreck, call me for a diminished value report. Call 727-541-1741. You may be owed some money for the lost value of your repaired vehicle. And visit us at GulfstreamMotorsports.com. Looking for car shows? Then look no further than FLACarshows.com. On your computer or on your mobile device, FLACarshows.com is a comprehensive list of automotive events plus videos and news articles. Whether you're looking for car shows, cruise-ins, meetups, automotive festivals, cars and coffees, or anything else relating to an internal combustion engine, then this is a site for you. Check it out online or on your phone at FLACarshows.com. Terror takes its toll of those caught in drag strip riot, leading to a fight fought with all the fierce fury of youth. Dangerously angry one minute. Rockin' and rollin' the next. Young people like Yvonne Lyme and Gary Clark enjoying themselves until a dungaree doll starts her own Brannigan. Pull out your bumper, sister! beat you anytime, any place. That's right. Martin, you just invited yourself to a train drag. Don't do it. See the nerve-cracking train drag that sometimes kills the winner. This is the annoying Jay Leno, and you're listening to Nostalgic Radio and Cars. Cars, and I'm your show host, Robert. Run your computers at Google, Tantalk1340.com. And you can see me live here in the studios in downtown Clearwater. Don't forget to check out our website, GulfstreamMotorsports.com, where you can find out all about us. And uh, this happens to be our 13-year anniversary show. So I'm sitting here with my partner in crime, an old buddy of mine from way back when, still. Uh, Alan, Alan's going to hang out with us here tonight because we're going to we're going to have some fun here. But anyway, if you want to find out more about us, don't forget to check out our website, GulfstreamMotorsports.com. But if you've missed any of our past shows, check out Nostalgic Radio and Cars. He took a breath. I took a breath. Okay. Anyway, well, it's, it's, it's like you get wound up. And then you just go. Okay, so what was that little toy, those little wind-up toys? Remember those back in the day when we were kids, a little wind-up? Yeah. Didn't you have any of those? It had like a little spring in it, and you kind of wind it up, and it, it got really, really tight. Yeah. And then you pull the key out, you flip the switch, you go, and just went right across it. Well, that's, that's yeah. me. Okay. That's me. Okay. With a uh, voice box. Where's your switch at? I don't have Where's a switch. Where's your wind-up? It's broken. Like, okay. oh, my Japanese toys from back in the day. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, all right, so uh, here we are. Wave to everybody. Hi. How you doing there, Matt? I'm doing fantastic, guys. How are you? Oh, Thir- pretty good. We're going to uh, we're going to wing it. Thirteen years. Wow. Thirteen years. Yeah. We're going to wing it. And, right. Uh, I'm fine, and he's dandy. <laughs> I'm fine. He's dandy. Okay. Well, you got to have humor. You got to have humor. Anyway, so what do we play is the first clip. Oh yeah, from that old movie. Uh, it's probably my favorite movie of all time, or one of them anyway. 
trapped, drunk, and stupid is no way to go through life, sir. Oh, that's uh, that, that reminds me of uh, uh, Animal House, right? Yeah, that yeah. is Animal House. That's probably one of my favorite, my all-time favorite comedies. That was a good movie. I really, you know, they had a good cast of characters in there. And uh, did you remember that one back? Yeah, in the day? absolutely no plot. That, <laughs> that was the point, though. That's what no, made it good. Right. Because that's the way things were back in the day. In fact, if I had a time machine. I would turn the hands of time back and I'd go back to those days because that's when things were better, I think. Anyway, well, now, wait a minute. We, you and I both work on old cars, so that's a no-brainer. Right. Well, I should say you work on cars. I struggle with them. <laughs> but uh, I call Alan up every time I get in trouble. Uh, uh, fix this. Uh, just recently here we were messing with it. Ooh, I like that. Let's see if we can do that again. Robert gets distracted easily. <laughs> no, that is not a crypt opening. That's just Robert moving the microphone. It's not going to magically poof, come out of yeah, the sky. Yeah, well, you know, I was waiting for you. Dracula, to come out. Dracula, to drink your blood. Blah, blah, blah. Well, anyway, Alan's anyway. like, all right, all right. Yeah, that's nice, Robert. <laughs> Should I use my radio voice tonight? Um, uh, anyway. No problem here. No problem here. Okay, so what we're going to do is we, uh, since this is the anniversary show, and it's kind of like... Uh, the good luck, 13th. 13th. The thir- the thir- yeah, in fact, the original, sh- technically, on May 13th of this year was the 13th anniversary of Nostalgic Radio and Cars, so 13 and 13. What do we got there? Was that a sound effect? Almost. Punk. 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 Oh, Clint Eastwood. Anyway, so what we decided to do is kind of go back in the time a little bit. Since did we play that Peabody thing? Did yeah, you, we did. Okay. Yeah, hang on. Okay, the Peabody. We're going back in the time. So Alan was gracious enough to bring in um, some vintage. This is 1970. Can you see that? Hey, that yeah, up hang there? on. 19... If we're going to at least do this, give me a second. Let's do it right. You mean this? Yeah. For 1970. Okay, so I'm going to hold this up. This is a 1970 road and track. Actually, it's in very, very good condition. And on the cover is the latest, fastest Lamborghini, which was a mirror at the time. Right, second generation. An S. Second generation, so that's an S. And i got to tell you, that's a, a pretty stunning car. But what we, the whole premise was to kind of talk about some of the commercials, or commercials, the ads in here back in the day. Oh, there's a nice one. Well, I wish we had a video thing because you can't really see this, but I'll hold this up. Maybe you can see it. Uh, well, if you, if you go to Nostalgic Radio and Cars YouTube channel, you can't see it there. You can or cannot? You can. can. You can? can. Yes, okay. I have the video feed going in here. You can't see it. All right, so is this YouTube that I got on or is this Facebook? That's it. That's Facebook in there. I'm running YouTube from in here. Oh, okay. Well, anyway, but so here's this old uh, Vista, whatever this thing is. Vista Car Wax. Car Wax. Oh, Vista Car Wax. That was like Simon Eyes or something like that, wasn't it, back in the yeah. day? So he's sitting on a, uh, it really looks like Mark Donahue. Is that Mark Donahue? I don't know. It looks like Mark Donahue. But anyway, small he, print. It, you got your glasses on. No, it doesn't. See, it doesn't even, it doesn't mention who's in there. Oh, okay. it is. A Vista was something nice. It doesn't mention the name of the race car driver. But anyway, he's sitting on a Torino, 70 Torino, and she's standing next to a 70 Mach 1. So that much I do know. At least back then we could, and back could then you could it. see part of a car and you could identify it. Today they all look the same. Pretty sad. Yeah. You know. Oh well, look at that. Here's a Fiat 850 commercial ad. I should say. No. And of course test. now on the back. Yeah, Donnie Don Don and the Javelin because they were racing the Javelin in 1970. With and that's got the spoiler. It's only, got the spoiler. The Donahue only spoiler. The Donahue only. Can you see that? You know, okay, this, this is where video comes in kind of handy, hopefully. And, and of course, I know somebody's probably, they either email me or text me. You better turn my phone on because half the time I can't, I don't, I'm not computer savvy, so I don't really, well, uh, don't I ask can't me. react to it. Yeah, I know. <laughs> anyway, so the whole idea here was to talk about some of the ads Datsun 240Z. The almost perfect car, a Porsche. Big shout out to my friends here, the Tampa Bay Cafe Racers. And uh, but this is a 1979 I just did an appraisal. Isn't that like a Volkswagen? Yeah, it's got a motor in the back and everything like that, and they're tail happy. But it has two extra cylinders. A Volkswagen's only got four. Porsche, they just well, they actually made some four-cylinder Porsches, but on the 911 series, they right. actually hung on a few extra cylinders on the end of it, and it actually went pretty quick. 
Datsun. I mean, this is a really beautiful Mac. Ah, there we go. The Lamborghini Miura S. But I got to say, though, hearing, seeing a lot of these old cars, I got to think one thing and one thing only. What's that? That's it. That's it. <laughs> anyway, but the whole uh, the other thing we were talking about was some of the ads back there. Now we all know that classic cars are extremely valuable, and they've kind of gone up in value a little bit. And uh, in a way, it's kind of taken the fun out of the hobby a little bit. Oh, here's a good one. Here's a an old Wilhelm Wilhelm Hahn advertising. Wilhelm Hahn was a uh, car guy who was, I think, Dutch. And he started at like a little accessory shop in downtown Hollywood and then pretty much became the place to go to for accessories like steering wheels and fog lights and driver's like gloves. The upper left of the ad. This one right here. Right? Yeah, yeah. That's, well, yeah, yeah, yeah. So, and we have, actually my MGB GT, Miss Moneypenny, has a Wilhelm Hahn uh-huh. vintage, period correct, Wood string will on it. Okay, so now let's get into the fun cars. Alan, would you like to have the honors here? Just read some oh, of the you ads. Can read them. You can read them. You can well, do it faster than me. Well, I can talk faster, but I can't read faster because my eyeballs aren't. But now here's a car. And, oh, God, remember the Aztecs? Okay, so what was that? Fiberfab? Yeah. Made those cars? So what an Aztec was was a replica of a Ford GT. Right? The Aztec? What is it? Yeah. You got a picture there, don't you? There's a picture that looks like a replica of a Ford GT. Back yeah. in the day, fiberglass. It's like a copy of a copy. Yeah. A copy of a copy. Yeah, that's it. Anyway, it's so... It's got a Volkswagen in the back end. $4,000 back then. And it says it needs $2,500 to finish. Now, how much was a Volkswagen motor back in 1970? Probably about 500 bucks for a rebuilt motor? If complete, that. If that, okay. Yeah, So and, and the kit, the Aztec GT, was probably, what, about 2500 bucks. the kit? Then you had to find a Volkswagen donor car. Yeah. And uh, so, you know, that was that. Here, here's a good one. Uh, 1936 Auburn Boatel Speedster. Okay. Now, this is 1970. 1970, this car, it says basically it's mechanically perfect, beautiful maroon finish, leather interior, show condition, $15,900. That was a lot of money in 19. Oh, that was. Big you know. So today, believe it or not, to put that in perspective, as an appraiser, um, that car's valued at somewhere around three, four hundred thousand dollars. It's really not. So let's see. Keep up with the pace of inflation. Mm, it's probably on the money. Uh, how about this one? A '58 AC Bristol, but this actually looks like a Ferrari. I think that's wrong, but that's one of those Italian body jobbies. Yeah. And uh, that could be wrong. Or yeah, maybe part of the ad's missing. I'm not sure. Well, hold on, though. Is that including for inflation for today's prices, or are those prices back These then? These are 1970. And just for that, I only have one thing to say. What's that? Holy shnikes. <laughs> see if I like that. See if there's any Cobras for sale. Let's see if there's any Cobras. Oh, my gosh, an Etzel. Mm-hmm. How much is the Etzel here? Oh, there's no price. Yeah, there's no price today. It's a six-cylinder, nine-passenger Etzel wagon. Okay. Mm-hmm. So let's go to let's see if there's any Cobras or see if there's any Shelbys. There's an MGTD, an MGTA, a Mini Cooper, a Morgan, a Moretti. Let's see. Ferrari, plenty of Ferraris, Lotuses, Jags, uh, 1955 Crown Vic, 1930 Ford Cabriolet. 68 dots in 2000 roasters. Those are kind of pretty cool cars. Okay, so with a roll bar, custom exhaust, 14 inch Michelins, 35,000 miles. Now, I guess that's a lot by 1970. Yeah, well, that's a two year old car. Yeah, and uh, so he drove it a lot. Metallic silver, great condition, $1,900. Mm. You know, I'm really tempted to do this, but I, because I heard a story about a guy, and we were talking about this the other day. Where a guy had an ad in an old sports car magazine, and it might have been Road and Track. And the car that was in there was advertised. I don't remember what it was, but it was a little on the pricey side. Okay, so apparently the car didn't sell. But somehow, someway, 25 or 30 years later, some guy calls the guy and says, Hey, I was looking at an old magazine just for drill. I thought I'd give you a call and see if the car that you had advertised in Road and Track or Car and Driver or whatever it was back in the day or... Um, what was the other one? Auto Week. And uh, if that car was still available. And um, 
the guy on the other end of the phone goes, Well, Sonny, today's your lucky day. I still have that car. I couldn't part with it. Couldn't bring myself to part with it. But the price is the same. Which was still a bargain, because we figured 25 years and inflation and everything like that. So, that was the story. Now, how true that was, I don't really know. What do you got over there? What kind of magazines? Okay, this is a road and track again. Okay. And um, from 69, and it's got a Di Tommaso Mangusta on the cover. The Mangusta. Mangusta. Yeah. Say it right. Say it's it. Mangusta. Mangusta. Anyway, here's a 63 Ferrari GTO. Oh, yeah. Now, okay. those cars are worth now. The highest price, the highest price was $70 million, Unofficially, right. but $70 million, Right. Yeah. Okay, here's... Uh, which they only made, what, 36 cars? 36, 37, depending so on like the that. doctor. Because there's... Uh, Three-liter cars, and Shelby goes and is they're interviewing one time. Shelby goes, "Oh yeah, we're racing them for four-liter Ferrari GTOs, and we had our 4.6 Cobra." No, one GTO was a four-liter that came back to the factory and got upgraded, but all the others are three-liters. Is that for sure? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. If you say he, so, he you're lied. the expert on this. Yeah. Who lied? Shelby. Now did. wait a minute. This is racing. Nothing's nothing's legit in racing. We all know that everybody. Ch- he probably said that. And keep in mind, most of the races were FIA, which were in Europe. Yeah. So he was buddy buddy with everybody, and Ferrari was like the the king over there. So if he was in fact saying that he raced a three, chances are he might have had a four later in all his cars. He might have had some. Now see. There's no way to know that because nobody's going to say anything. A lot of the GTOs went privateers immediately. Well, this is true, too. Yeah. But you know, just like with Ford, you know, a lot of guys were privateers. And then what happened out the back door? They got this. They got that. And I know for a fact, when I was talking to uh, Bob Johnson way, way, way back, he used to, he was from the Midwest. He was like the Minnesota Midwest Council, SCCA. So he would have been Minnesota, Mid-Ohio, Elkhart Lake, that area, Brainerd, up in uh, Minnesota and places. And and he told me that if you were like um, if if Shelby if Team Shelby was traveling in the area at a race, and obviously Ford was there, then if you needed a little extra, it somehow magically appeared. And so because it was all about winning, and their brand was out there, and they wanted to get that brand out there. I mean, look right. well, look what happened in '64 with Ferrari. When for, was it '64, '65, '65? One year, what year was it that Ferrari protested and they didn't show up for Le Mans? What year was that? Was that '65? Uh, one of the two. Okay. Well, anyway, I'm, so I'm just sure that is you are. Um, I forget exactly how that whole thing played out. I can't remember now, and I should know his story by now pretty well. But it was something about the. Um, Ford would have won the championship in 64 instead of 65, or as well as in 65. But something about Ferrari didn't show up, protested something because they got caught with something. Because that's when they had the, for 63, 64, they had the modified 250 GTO, right? It was the one with the funny back window. Yeah, they made three of them. Was that the LM or is that what they called it? Yeah, what something was like that. that. Something yeah. like that. Okay. Yeah, I'm a, sure we have some old car driver article with Dan Gurney driving the car. Dan Gurney driving that? Yeah, on the road test. On the road test. Okay. Yeah. All right. So what else you got for us? Okay. Okay. Back to the GTO after after Robert went on a rant for a while. I, I it's no rant. I'm just talking. Yeah, I know. We don't rant anyway, here at Nostalgic Radio and Cars, do we? Well, rant's just an expression. Oh, okay. Anyway, this is GTO, ex Belgium hill climb champion. It's the number of the car is 4757. Mechanically perfect, untouched, and completely original. $1,500 spent on Concor, Concor restoration since photo. $8,500. Crazy. Yeah, now they're. Now that was a ton of money back then, though. Keep in but mind. But it's not 50, 60, 70 million. No, 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 no. It's it's that that was those numbers were within reason. Here, let's go to what 359 Mercedes 300 SL Roadster. Okay, so now. I remember when those cars were a couple of years back, they were bringing over two million. Now they're down to like a million, five million, three million, four. I mean, the market would kind of peaked at like around 2015, 2016, and it kind of went down. I remember appraising one in 2012 for 500,000 when they were doing 800,000 at the auction, restored, and uh, and then I saw some sell for close to two million, and then they went back down to a million two, and then back up. So right now. This car, 300 SL Roadster, bright red, black top, and black interior, fine. It's in fine condition, okay? 
49.50. Now I remember in Clearwater Beach there was two guys that lived at the end of the street, and uh, they were, I think, interior designers or whatever they were. Anyway, they had not one but two. They had a 300 SL Gullwing that was silver, and they had a gold 300 SL Roadster. And I used to mow lawns for the neighbors when I was a kid. And my one neighbor over there, his, I can't remember his name, but he had a 1926 Imperial Phaeton Saloon. I forget what it was, but it was the top-of-the-line Imperial. Right. Okay. So I would go over to his house every once in a while and help him you know, pull weeds or something like that. Well, the neighbors had these two SLs. Well, apparently, I don't know what the situation was, but anyway, suddenly the house was up for sale, and then two cars became for sale. And my other neighbor down the street, who was friends with the guy the Imperial, had a 69 Lincoln, four-door Continental. And I uh, can't remember what his name was either. Boy, my memory's terrible. But anyway, so he goes, you know, Robert, the guy down the end of the street selling that SL, you're 16 now. You know, you need to get a car. And I go, yeah. And he says, you know, that SL Mercedes down there, it's a pretty pretty nice old piece there. You can probably buy that for 4000 bucks." So this is right on, spot on here. So 49 you know, and and the and this looks like a nice driver. And back then, that car was a nice driver. Right. And then I remember my cousin was down in Venice. who was a doctor down there, uh, on staff at um, at the Venice Memorial, and his neighbor had uh, a 300 SL Roadster, and he wanted 6,500 for it. And I think I, not very smart at the time, I kind of poo pooed it and said, "Bah, that's too much to spend." There's one down the road for me for. Four grand you could buy. Oh, and they wanted five thousand for the Gullwing. So, and then we can get into th- hundreds and hundreds of stories because you you've been around this area for a long time. Right. So know the cars. Know the cars. Okay, let's see what do we got for Porsches. I don't even see any Porsches in here. You get a Porsche. Ah, here we go. So here's a '64 Porsche 356. Well, that's why I had one of those. Um, coupe, one owner, immaculate, Michelin tires, Becker Europa radio, 15,000 miles on a completely overhauled engine, original white paint, red upholstery, rub rails, headrests. Okay. And uh, $3,200. It's a $100,000 car today. That's on a bad day. Yeah, I got Porsches here, but they're under other. (laughs) Other. Okay. Here's a Griffith GT. Okay. It's a 66, so obviously it'd be a 400. And um, asking price, 3750 No, that's a good V8. Yeah. That's the asking price for it? These are all the prices back in 1970. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, but this was a this is used car. It's a four-year-old car by now. Or wow. Year old that's car. got V8, right? Yeah, it's got the V8 Ford in the, it. The 302. Yeah, well, the K- yeah, Keiko. No, it's still got a... 289? They all had 289s. And then when they went to the Griffith 600, which turned into the Italia, actually, they had a 340 Chrysler drivetrain in it, and it didn't work. No way. Yeah. Oh, Too heavy and stuff, and the car was unbalanced. And Griffith never really did anything with that. They, made, they had like six of them, and they sort of just got segued into Ew. Italia. Here, 63 Porsche Carrera 2. That's actually a very rare car. So it says, classic example of... A Porsche Automotive Genius, 2-liter 4-cam engine, twin ignition, 155 horsepower. Which, yeah, that's about right. 130 miles an hour, less than 2,000 miles in a complete overhaul by Vasek Polak. Vasek Polak was like the guy yeah, I've heard of that. Yep. In, uh, in L.A. Okay, Disc brakes all the way around, which they did. AM, FM, radio. Orange with black interior. Orange, ooh. <laughs> Absolutely mint condition throughout. $4,700. Oh, yeah. Now today that's a nine hundred thousand, eight to nine hundred thousand dollar car. How about a fifty three Porsche convertible for a grand? Woo! What kind of shape? It doesn't say. It doesn't says say. a grand. All right, so no, here any any shape. Any shape. All right, yeah. so I love good stories. So here's a good story. So about uh, two three weeks ago, I was up in Pennsylvania. I was up at Carlisle, and I was at the Porsche swap meet. Right. So I meet this guy, super nice guy, and everything, and we start talking, and he's telling me about some of the Porsches he's had over the years. So in the uh, early seventies, he had a. 9-11, I think, or something like that. And he was at a, at a at a car meet of some kind. Maybe it was a sports car meet or something like that. And this guy rolls in with his old Porsche 356. He didn't realize what it was at the time, okay? And as it turned out, it was a 
A, 356A, okay, that's the, they built A series A, B, and C. So this is like a late 50s A, and it turned out it was a Carrera. And it was bought new by this uh, gentleman's friend in Germany when he was stationed over there. So he had a little engine problem, so under warranty, they replaced the Carrera motor or re- did whatever they did. But while they were doing the engine, because the Carreras were kind of rare engines, they stuck a 1600 normal in it just so he could drive the car around. Okay, so then when they got the Carrera engine rebuilt, they put the 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 1600. They took the 1600 out, put the Carrera motor in it, and then he got to keep the 1600. So he moves in the United States. Fast forward. So this guy's there. It says, "Boy, I'd really like to have that car." Well, anyway, long and short of it is, he ended up making a deal with that guy and bought that car. Right? Still has it. Showed me pictures of it. The only thing he ever did was repaint it. It was just an absolutely incredible car. So, you know, you do find guys that actually get lucky. And he's probably, uh, I think he said it was like 81, 82 years old. And he still has his car. What do we got here? Oh, Datsun 240Z goes racing. Our good friend uh, Peter Brock and BRE, Brock Racing Enterprises, and John Morton at the wheel, at the helm. And uh, that's a nice article. What magazine is this? This is Road I, and Track. I sent you that. November 1970. Yeah, but my memory is like short, so I don't even. I don't even. Did we have lunch today? No, we didn't. <laughs> we didn't do anything. No, we worked on the truck. That's what we did. Oh yeah, plug in the um, a button. Yeah, do the wires. Plug in the switch and hook up the fuse. Let's look it. up Austin Healy's because my first car was an Austin Healy. So see was it. mine. That's right. You know what? This is that. Oh, by the way, this weekend, big shout out to the Austin Healy guys up in Crystal River at the Plantation Hotel this weekend is a large, large Austin Healy meet. Now, how I found out about that is over the weekend I was at some little car show up in Williston, Florida, you know, another little small town, one traffic light, and a little farming community, and there was a guy there at this little car show, and it's all, you know, car, you know, American stuff. And the one car that catches my eye was a 1950, uh, 60 Bug Eye. Yeah, I saw pictures of it. Yeah, Yeah, the red one. So I got to talk with the guy, and he was telling me that back in the day, his very first car was a Austin Healey that he got to own for all about uh, 50, 60 minutes before he got hit. <laughs> uh, and uh, so you, you did better than him. Yeah, I did. Well, no, I, my ha- my car lasted six days before mine got crashed. But anyway, so <laughs> that's the, the trials and tribulations of being 16 and getting your first car. Anyway, so you had your first car was an Austin Healey. My first car was an Austin Healey. And this guy's first car was a was an Austin Healey. So what are the odds? Although you guys had bug eyes. I just had some junky little 3,000. So, all right, let's see if there's any Austin Healey. Well, I actually got a Ernie Kovacs car here. He had a Corvair. Lakewood, yeah. Did he really? Yeah, yeah. It's... Um, before the crash or after the crash? In, during the crash. Well, I know, but, I mean, where's it advertised? In your side? Well, no, this is a... It's not his car. It's oh, a Ernie Kovacs car. Uh, yeah, okay, yeah, yeah. yeah, I thought you'd catch it. He was this is being in radio. Well, you get that? Well, yeah, I, that's why I did, and, and I remember. I, I remember uh, the story. And it was in nineteen sixty one or sixty two. Sixty one, because 61. his wife was in Mad Mad World, and that was like a few months after he had died. His who was his wife? Dorothy Provine was it? I didn't know that. Yeah, she was in there. Yeah. Well, who, which character did she play? Um, didn't she play... Was she Milton Berle's wife? No, Milton Berle's wife was... Uh, okay, there's The two. mother-in-law was... What's her name? Ethel Merman. Ethel Merman. Yeah, I saw that movie <laughs> brand new when I so was So did like, I. I when just I was like, what? Uh, the only thing I remember about the movie is Ethel Merman screaming and yelling yes. and Dick Shaw driving the 62 Dart, Dart. and crashing it. Because it looked great. It had red with red interior. Well, the funny part was the very beginning of the movie when Jimmy Durante runs the Ford off the thing. Yeah, the 57. Yeah. The 57. And then he's laying there. Yeah. And he it just happens to kick the bucket. Yeah. Well, everybody laughed. I didn't get it either. Yeah, well, neither did I. My yeah. mom had to explain it to me. You know, kick the bucket. Okay, boom. But that was pretty funny. But anyway, that was a good movie. I liked that. All right, so what else we got there? Oh, what else? Uh, here's another Avenger DT- GT. All right, that's the one that the, uh, whatever that other thing was I was talking about. Aztec. Aztec this is an copy. Avenger. GT12, they call it. And um, 66 Volkswagen chassis with handling modifications. Oh, it's got a cor- handling, handling It's got a Corvair motor in it. Corvair. Okay, that was. Yeah. You know, which reminds me. Remember the Calmark GT from the 70s? Yep. There used to be one on um, Bell Trees, almost out the Edgewater in Dunedin. Sat there for the longest time. 
You know, we used to talk about that all the time. It was supposed to be like a Dino. It looked like a, like it looked a, like a Dino, like a, yeah. Like a first-generation Dino. Well, the, what about the Kelson that was sitting up there in Dunedin, off Virginia? Wasn't that a Kelson? Or Cheetah? Yeah, oh, Kelson. Off in Virginia? Yeah, we're at, we're Dunedin. Right in, all right, you know where Michigan and Virginia intersect? Yeah. Okay, it's a little dumpy little... It was just like a little so-so neighborhood back in the day. And if yeah. you turn right and you were going kind of towards Hercules, it was sitting there behind some guy's house. It was sitting there for the longest time. Well, I knew a guy up in um, Dunedin, right off of County Road One. Went over there with a friend of mine back in the seventies. He had a <laughs> he had a purple baby bird. He had you know that means two seater Thunderbird. Okay. That's like fifty five, six, and seven. Right. right. Yeah, but it was like, it had the Astro Vista um, Astrodome speedometer, which is like fifty five only. Five and six. Five and six. Okay. Uh-huh. Anyway, he had one of those. And then out in the front yard, he lived in a really expensive neighborhood area. Out in the front yard. This little pole barn type thing, four sticks and a roof. He had a cheetah, a Bill Thomas cheetah. Remember those? Okay, yeah, I know, yeah, yeah. I know, I know. It's, where, it's, where, where, where was this one at? Off of Sharp. But that's long gone. I was back there. and Did the guy have two of them? No, he just had the one. But this one he had, I remember it was aluminum, and they only made two of them in aluminum. And it sat there, and they had... What color was it? Red or yellow? It was a silver. I, I think it was unpainted, actually. Huh. Yeah. And on the dashboard had a square with Zeus fasteners, and that's where he accessed the distributor because it had a Chevy in it. Well, there was a guy that used to live up in Dun- in uh, Largo, Larghetto, Largo, back in the day. His name was uh, Vern something or other. Anyway, um, and he had small birds. And so I got to be pretty good friends with him. Well, later... As he moved on, the house was sold. And then one day I was whipping down the road, saw 20th Avenue in Largo there, you know, on the way to Taylor Park. Yeah. And so I was whipping down the road there, and I saw a cheetah, a red one, sitting in the guy's carport. Well, Hmm. unbeknown to me, in the garage was another cheetah. And so I don't know whatever happened in those cars. One was red, one was yellow. Do you ever recall seeing those cars around? Never had, never did. Okay. And then the, the Kelson was the one that was sitting up there off Virginia. And it was just a body and a chassis. And the, the, the Kelsons, they basically used Corvette chassis, if I remember correctly, back in the day. You know, like a lot, you know, back then, besides, I don't know, usually you saw them in popular mechanics, but what other magazines they always advertise those things? The kit cars, to the Jamaicans, the Fiberfab, yeah, or um, whatever. Actually, Road and Tracks, too. Road Track had some Yeah, I sent you one on the Jamaican, okay. a full page ad. So that yeah. was kind of like the end thing, because sports cars were pretty big. And everybody was looking for an economical way to put together a sports car. So kit cars were popular. No different than they are today, but back then, they were really affordable. Yeah. Actually, Chris Beebe, who was Peter Egan's friend from Road and Track, Peter mm-hmm. Egan, the writer, mm-hmm. uh, he used to work for Chris at his shop, and Chris designed the Jamaican, believe it or not. Oh, really? Yeah, because Pete's got all about it. I met Chris, too, by the way. Well, the Jamaican was a yeah. play on the dots and Z yeah. car, basically. Okay. And then... Fiberfab also had that pointy, goofy thing that they made, and they put it. They hung it up, and it was kind of like an aftermarket kit you could buy for a Mustang, and actually you could make a flip nose out of it. Never saw that thing. Never God. saw that. Yeah, yeah, and I'm trying to think what the what the name of what the name of it was. I remember being over in Tampa one time on North Florida Avenue, and I was driving down the road this many, 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 many years ago, and I saw one of those Avenger GTs sitting on top of a sitting up high on top of like a Conax box. So I whipped around there, and when I went down this little alleyway, now there wasn't one, two, three, four, five. There was countless Avengers. This guy collected them, but he had a ton of Volkswagen. He had a little Volkswagen junkyard back in there. I had, then Where was this at? This was over off North Florida Avenue. No, okay. Nebraska Avenue, north of, south of Bears, north of whatever that road is by the university. Fowler, Fletcher. Yeah, something like that. But, you know, back in the day, you could just find this stuff, you know? I mean... Uh, you know, we had uh, um, Jeffrey on. What's his, Jeffrey's last name? Um, from Forgotten Cars. Uh, Jeff Hacker. 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 Yeah. All right, so we have Jeffrey on. So what was the car you were talking about that he found that you and I both saw that was around here? He found it okay. close by here? Well, actually, I found the, the ad in the auto trader for it, but I saw it before he did because at the split at Chestnut and Court Street, there was a Snoko station. It was around the back. What was there. it called again? A uh, Covington. Covington. Shark. Shark, that's this it. This guy Covington and St. Pete made him. He made some of the convertibles like that one. He made a few coupes. Jeff's got one of each. Okay. Yeah. He's got that one. Yeah, because right. he had the coupe up at um, 
Amelia. Amelia, I had yeah. Amelia, right. Okay, let's, second on let's that. go to Jaguar since I'm a Jaguar fan. All right, let's go to uh, Jaguar E-Type Coupe Series 2, 69. Well, not the most desirable. Yeah, better uh, than none. Well, this is 69. So this car's only a year old, 4,700. What'd they cost new? They were like six, 6,500, Yeah, they were half the price of a Ferrari and just as fast, pretty much, back yeah. when they came out. And equally as stylish. Yeah. You know, even Enzo thought that the Jag. Here's another 62 XKE, um, left-hand drive, 110,000 miles, good mechanical condition, original engine and transmission, rebuilt at 90,000. He's got 110 on, so 20,000 miles ago. Uh, Non-chrome wire wheels. Let's see, did they have chrome wire wheels on Jags? I don't remember. I'm sure they did. Um, painted wires. I know Healy's were painted wires, but anyway, 1800 $1, $1, $1, $1, $1, $1, $1, $1, $1, $1, $1, $1, $1, $1, $1, $1, $1, $1, $1, $1, $1, $1, $1, $1, $1, $1, $1, $1, $1, $1, $1, $1, $1, $
White interior. That's the one that used to run around here. Yeah, I remember that car. Okay, he bought it new at Scarlet Lincoln Mercury in St. Pete. I chased that car for a long time. The Boss Rio twos or the the Boss Rio two eliminators are the only ones that had eight grand tack. All the other Cougars had a six grand tack, mm-hmm. and uh, so I, but I never got that one either. And then there was a guy in St. Pete that was a second owner on a seventy Z twenty eight RS four speed car with all the goodies on deluxe interior vinyl top, which I didn't care about the vinyl top, but it was a yellow car, had houndstooth interior, and whole nine yards. So I went over there to go buy the car. So I'm standing there, and he's got it advertised for 2500 bucks. I mean, it's advertised for 2500 bucks in the auto trader, right? So I go over there, and it hasn't run in a while. He lives in Mainlands down there. Mainlands, you know, down there off 19 there by Bill Jackson. Yeah. Okay, so I go in the neighborhood. I'm there. I got my truck with me. He goes, I can't sell it to you. I go, why? Well, you're a dealer. So there was no negotiating with him, okay? And But the car was rare. It was an RS with all the goodies, 411 mm-hmm. positive, whole 70 Z28, 70 and a half, right? He goes, no, because you're a dealer, and you're just going to buy it and sell it. I said, no. He says, you're a Ford guy anyway. I, just, I don't care. I want a 70 and a half Z28. I like that car. So he wouldn't sell it to me. So I went and got Scott. About two weeks later, we came back over there because it was still in the ad, in the auto trader, right? So I said, Scott, my friend here um, would like to buy your car. And he looks at me and he looks at Scott. He says, no, I'm not selling to him. Why? Well, he's only 19 years old. So what's that got to do with it? You know, well, you're giving him the money. What's that got to do with it? He said, well, he's 19. He'll go out and get himself killed. He didn't want to sell the car. Hey, I, you know, and then years, a year or so later, the car shows up at a used car lot up on 19, you know, or 19 and 66th Street Fork. Yeah. So it's sitting over there. Arts Auto Sales, probably. It could have been Arts Auto Sales, yeah. yeah. Okay, but there's next, a couple. Next is Shell Land. Is that what's up there? Uh, yeah, no, no, the, mo- was, the motorcycle place. No, no, no. Yeah, the Honda place. Yeah, right in that jelly area. That was Arts. Was that what that was? Okay, that's where the car was. Yeah. So Arts again, I tried. Or Auto Showcase, one of the two. Was it the nice car lot or the little buy here, pay here? The little buy here, pay here. Yeah, it was Art. Art And it had like those little junky little duplexes around there. Yeah, yeah, Art McClure, yeah. Okay, well, that's exactly the junky duplexes is still there. Yeah, they're still there. I used to work for Art back in the early 80s. Oh, man. Oh, man. Oh, man. Anyway, I got hundreds of those stories because I'm I, and I'm sure you do too. Okay, what else you got in there for okay, us? Okay, 67 Corvette Roadster, 427 Tri-Power, 435 Horse, 4-Speed, of course. And this is ads from like '84. They want 15 grand for it. Okay, so let me put this in perspective. Okay, so in 1980, in the early '80s, this is the whole market got wacky, and it became a total game of speculation. Once Enzo Ferrari passed away, when Enzo Ferrari passed away, was it '86? Is that when he passed away? Okay, <laughs> a little so bit earlier that, than I think. I don't know. I think it was. I had a Ferrari. I don't even remember. You had a. That's right. You yeah. had a '60. There was an article that actually Ferrari Enzo. There's two Ferraris that he had that he liked a lot. One was the 250 GTE, yeah. and the other one was the one you had. He had a 2 plus 2, but he had, it was hot-rodded, of course. Uh, 330? Yeah, Series 1. Well, yours was a 2 plus 2. Yeah, Series 1. Was yours one. a Series 1? Series 1 interim car. It had the updated and, um, drivetrain and stuff in it. Was was that a uh, that's a 3-liter or 4-liter? Four, 4. Okay, was that a dual-headlight car? Yeah, okay. Series 1. That's the one I like. Yeah. I like the, the 4-headlight car. Anyway... Which I never understood why they went to the single headlight car. But then again, if you look at the 330 GTC. Well, yeah, you got to remember, too, back in those days, they had the Jensen CV8, the Mulliner Park Ward Rolls, and the Ferrari all had the candid headlights. It was a real common was a period. Go- it was like a fad. Fad. Okay, very yeah. well. Look at Chrysler. You yeah. know, they, everybody well, they had did it. it in 61 and 62, though. Right. Yeah. And, you know, Lincoln had it in 58, 9, 60. They had yeah. a canted um, headlight thing. Anyway, so, um, well, you know who we need to get, we should have had on the show one of these days, we'll have to do that, we'll have to do this double together, is uh, Dale Powers. Because we were talking about that when, you know, because he had a bunch of Ferraris, and one of them was that 365 that I almost bought, that my wife and I, or my girlfriend at the time, uh, took for a test drive. But anyway, so, so much for Ferraris. Okay, so the Corvette, but anyway, where I was going with this is that, once Enzo passed away, all of a sudden the Ferrari started going crazy, right? Well, then when the Ferrari, you know, how, what's that, how's that expression go? Something when when tide rises, uh, all boats rise at the same time. Right, yeah. However, which they, they, they get sucked it. up with it, whether they deserve exactly. it or not. Right, yeah. right, right. So anyway, so then suddenly, you know, Ferraris, Porsches, uh, you know, classic American cars, uh, Jaguars, everything just went through the roof, Cobras, all that kind of stuff, Shelbys. Because I remember being out in Monterey in 87, and at the at the 
at the Rick Cole auction, and you know, uh, Cobras were bringing four hundred thousand at that point. But prior to that, when this Corvette was worth fifteen in eighty three, eighty four, you could buy a nice AC Cobra, a nice one, for anywhere between thirty to fifty grand. Right. Okay. And uh, how much? How much was a BB five twelve back then? Seventy, eighty grand, maybe. And that much. Well, a three hundred eight was thirty five. A nine eleven was thirty five. So the BB five twelve was obviously fifty to sixty. Had to be almost twice as much because that's what they did. Right. How much was a crappy Rolls Royce back then? Well, Jag. Well, they didn't have much of a Jag. I mean, you know, they had the, the what was that thing called? Uh, XJS. <laughs> yeah, excuse me, XJS. I mean, you know, the, the, I mean, the last of the great cars really were what seventy two and back. Right. You know, quite frankly, and um, but they still had some cool cars. Intermittently, they would build stuff. I mean, you know, I mean, everybody refers to the Queen Mother, no, the Daytona, as being the last real Ferrari, right? Yeah, because that's the last one that was made while Ferrari owned the company. After that, they're just Fiats. <coughs> they Fiat. Fiat. Hey, hey, play that Fiat commercial real quick. That Fiat Ferrari thing. We're gonna set the record straight. This is Enzo Ferrari, the Ferrari who makes some of the fastest and most expensive cars in the world. Of course, for his own personal use, Mr. Ferrari drives something a bit more practical. He drives a Fiat 128. When it comes to cars, you can't fool a Ferrari. Yeah, I got the ad for that one, a little car matter. Yeah, you know. Yeah. You know what's interesting? As I've, I've been looking for for years, I've been trying to find some of these really cool old commercials because the commercials that they had in Europe were different. They advertised cars over in Europe that they didn't advertise over here, obviously. And uh, and there were some Ferrari commercials back in the day, and I cannot find them. They're European, and um, they're, they're very. They were they were only on select. Um, Airways, and they were only like a, during a specific time, and I believe they were generally around when there was races. Right. You know, in Europe, when you when and this is the way it was in the '60s. You know, there's you either a uh, soccer fan, a ski fan, you know, winter skiing, snow skiing, or you're in a Formula One. I mean, that's those are the three sports that people in Europe follow. And right. so, obviously, you're I'm a car guy, so I would do that. But since I like to ski, I'd follow skiing. But soccer, I had no couldn't care less. And um, but during the sporting events, they would run you know some of those high-end commercials. But I only saw one one time, and uh, so I don't know if it was a promotional thing. But I've never been able to find it. You know, it's the same thing with Porsche. You know, they have commercials over there that that they don't ever that they don't show over here. Are you hold? Are you giving me the finger? No, I was just giving you a time check. That's oh, okay. All. I just wasn't sure because I saw a finger and a thumb and no, a couple more fingers. Like that. Oh, is that what it was? Check. Oh, okay. Yeah. okay. Remember though. Auto racing, bullfighting, and mountain climbing are sports. Everything else is just a game. You go yeah. to a football game, right? No, yeah. No, yeah, you go to a bullfight. Oh, okay. Yeah. Cars okay. are life. Everything else is just details. Yeah. Okay, here's, here's one for you. Yeah. All right, let's see what you know, you know the guy that was involved in this car. 71 TA, Trans Am, 45 HO, automatic, air, steering, brakes, AM, FM, 64,000 miles, mint condition, all original. This is like 1985, Ed. $9,500, a best offer. Because they handle better than... Is that HO? Yeah. Okay. And they That's handle better car. because it's a Herb Adams WS6 suspension on. That's why they, I got our car and driver from 78, and they're talking about... How the Trans Am handles so much better than the Z28, and they're doing a road test on the Z28. It was. I mean, and yeah. if you drive the, if you drive, they the drove Z- like a huge go kart. It, it did, yeah. but I mean, but you could actually feel the weight difference in the car. You know, the front end of a Firebird's way heavier than, than there's a. I mean, if you look at, it, remember when we used to have them in the junkyard all the time. You get a Trans Am in there, and it's got these big giant diagonal braces because it had oh, all yeah. that front end up there. But the front end of it, but it made up for it because it had heavier springs. You look at the sway, sway bar; it was huge. It was huge. Look at the Firebird. Fence, it was a solid fence post. Yeah, compared to a Camaro. His '69 Charger, bronze with black vinyl top. Air, steering brakes, power windows, cruise control. It's a 318 automatic car, $550. Man, if uh, we knew then what we know now. Oh, here's one. Oh, the, wow. Here, the phone number is familiar. Okay, I'm not going to get the phone number out. The phone number is familiar. I Googled the phone number, and I was right. This is an ad from 1974, 69 Daytona Charger, one of a kind. It says 2500 or best offer. 
considered a sports car and trade. Then I saw the phone number, and I go, I know that number. And it's this guy around town that had a bunch of old Mopars. And that was the number before he moved to his house where I got a picture of a orange Daytona in his driveway that he had bought. All right, quick Tony George story. Okay. Oops, I just gave the name away. But anyway, okay, sorry. Yeah. So Tony had, who was a big Mopar guy, right? So, Satellites. Well, 66, 67 B-bodies is yeah. what it was his bit. Like Jim Drain. Jim Drain's the same way. Yeah. Well, they're buddies. But anyway, so my mom and dad had their car repaired at Dimmit Chevrolet, which was down there off, what was that street? Cleveland. No, the one parallel to Cleveland Street there, that side road there. Park? Is that it? Park, okay. So anyway, when, my, when, we, when I went to pick up the car with my dad my mom, uh, there was, oh yeah, we got to read that one. Um, there was this red 66 Charger. Now, I remember when I was a kid, when we still lived in California, my dad was looking at cars, and he was the looking Hemi at... The car, right? Yeah. Yeah, it lived in Amberley for a long time. Well, the guy the guy had it, so here's yeah. this beautiful, even back then, in 72, 70, yeah. 71, I saw 70, the car like 74, 75, it was gorgeous. Red car, in black garage, interior, four-speed yeah. 426 Hemi yeah. 66 Charger. It was in the garage, all by it. Two-car garage, it had it all for itself. There's nothing in the garage except like maybe a garbage can or something. The car just sat there. Just you know, saw it a few times with the door open. You know, always drove by to get a look at it. The guy yeah. wanted was for sale for had a for sale sign at twenty five hundred bucks. Mm. So I, I just I go wow, you know. But when I was a kid in California, my dad was looking at cars because when he would travel a lot, when he come back, he flew into San Francisco airport. You know, my mom would drop him off, and then what he would do is he would rent a car, fly in late, and then fly back, and he rent a car and drive up there, and uh, so. So uh, we were looking at cars, and he would always rent, you know, a cool convertible or something neat, Chevelle or whatever. But I remember going to the airport and seeing in 1966, seeing the Hertz Shelby's. Yeah. Dad always, we had an account with Hertz, and uh, I always just tried to get my dad to, to rent that, and we never did. Hey, you're cutting me off. All right, one more ad here. Let's read this one. All right, here we go. Auto Trader, 1987, 1969 Shelby Cobra GT500 428 Cobra Jet. Like new, original, air conditioning, red. Doesn't say whether it's a four speed or not. Twelve grand. Hey, let's give the guy a call. 305 area code. That's Miami. I wonder if he still has it. Nice looking car. He's got louvers on the back. Actually, speaking of old cars, there's an ad in a uh, road and track from way back in the day. And this guy's selling a Ferrari. He's down on Reddington Beach on Gulf Boulevard. This his address. I'm going to go knock on the door. Yeah, absolutely. How much time we got there, Matty? I can't hear you. About a minute and a half. minute and a half. All right. Well, anyway. All right. So that, so that concludes our 13-year anniversary Ray Didio show. Was this eventful or not? I don't know. I mean, oh, it was. It was. was, it, it, was good, it was good for us. Yeah, it was good for it us. Was good yeah. for me too, was it good for me Was it as good for you as it was for me? Oh, yes. Yeah, and she said the best I ever had with you is wonderful. The worst <laughs> I ever had with you. I can't even get the joke out. Never mind. Hey, 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 we, we need to do this again sometime. Hey, here's the 13 more years in Nostalgic Radio on Cars. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. All right, so hey, I want to thank all my listeners for tuning in to Nostalgic Radio on Cars. Everybody can check us out every Tuesday. Between 7 and 8 p.m. on the Tantalk Radio Network. Am I talking fast enough anyway? Yeah. I just couldn't do that commercial. Anyway, so don't forget to, uh, I want to see you in some of the car shows. Don't forget to check out our website, golfstreetmotorsports.com. Follow us on all our social media, whatever that stuff is. Facebook. Yeah, something like that. Face- but Facebook and. Uh, how much time we got left? Twitter. We got another 20 seconds? 30 seconds? That'd be uh, 50. 50 seconds? Okay. Well, anyway, so, uh, all right, British Car Show this weekend in Crystal River. Uh, big shout out to my friends over there, Fast Lane Travel. And uh, I don't know, everybody else that I know that likes cars and stuff like that. So stay safe, drive carefully, and love your family, and get up there and drive your cars. Wait to see.